Hello and welcome to the Nursery and Preschool Chat Room podcast. Join the Twinkle team as we talk about life as a preschool and nursery practitioner. We'll share our honest thoughts and experiences on a range of topics that affect early years practitioners every day in their settings. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Nursery and Preschool Chat Room. I'm Katie. And I'm Charlotte. And I'm Fliss. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about whether or not early years practitioners should be given time out of the room to complete paperwork and admin tasks. So what do you guys think? I think so, yeah, with the demands of the job, with observations, planning, you have your assessment writing, two-year reports, that sort of thing. It's very difficult to do that in the room with the children around you, especially the report writing as well. You've got to put a lot of thought into that. So when you've got toddlers running around you, it's not going to go down very well. But the actual reality of it is that you've got to be in ratio. You're often not in a position where you can come out of the room to go and do that sort of stuff. So I can imagine a lot of settings and a lot of practitioners don't get the time out. I used to find it hard because in preschool they don't sleep so the other rooms would use the sleep time as their time to get little jobs done, paperwork done. If We had tablets at my nursery so they'd do things on the tablets but because my preschoolers never slept it was just chaotic 24-7 and at dinner time when people were going on the dinner there's no staff to cover you to get out anywhere to do your paperwork and your assessments and things like that so I would really struggle and a lot of the time I would do it in the room with the children but obviously you can't focus on the children and you can't focus on your work that you're doing at the time so it's just a bit of madness really so getting out for even like half an hour to an hour would have, I would have loved that if that was possible. On the rare occasions that there was like excess members of staff which wasn't because there was extra members it would be because there was like a, a sickness going around on those occasions where we did have the extra staff there actually there wasn't like an appropriate place to work either I don't know if that's an issue you guys have because the office was already be at capacity with the managers doing what they're doing in there so you'd have to try and find a space somewhere else within the nursery which then either means me as like a full-grown adult cramped in the dining room on these tiny tiny tables and chairs or just sitting on a sofa kind of thing that we had in the staff room which also isn't the best setup to be doing writing filing planning assessment all that kind of thing yeah ours was the same we went into the staff room or we had a little library off the preschool room that um, the children didn't really tend to play in. So you'd go in there because you'd have some space, but you could still hear all the preschool children shouting mm-hmm. and screaming. Um, but I never really thought about it in that way that you said, Charlotte, when you're in like the rooms where they sleep, you get that time. Like, I, maybe I took that a bit for granted. Like when I was in toddler room and stuff, I did when it was sleep time. Occasionally we had a few awake, but also you're doing lunch cover as well. But I would do most of my planning during lunch, stuff like that. Being in baby room, we felt we had sleepers every day and they usually sleep for a couple of hours. So we had a bit more flexibility in that sense too. Yeah, and when I used to do like transition forms and things for goal leavers, because they're at that age where they're really intrigued about what you're doing, they'd be sat next to me like, oh, can I fill that in? Can I write my name on that? Can I do this? And like I once left some paperwork on the table because something happened and I had to go to it and I came back and they'd highlighted all over my school transition forms. That is so stressful. So I had to then redo them and I did actually go into the office and I was like, look, I seriously need some time out of the room because I can't do this and they need to be sent within so many weeks. So my manager actually did get somebody, like a bank staff to come in just to cover me to get out because I'd have literally reached the end of my tether at that point. I think with the more like lengthier tasks, like you say, like the transition writing and stuff like that and the reports and that sort of thing, you do definitely need time out. And I think with it's like observations, I managed to be able to do them because we also had an app. So I'd be able to quickly write up an observation if I had like two seconds and stuff like that. But like with the more lengthier task, I think it's definitely needed time out. Like 
your perfect example of children highlighting all over your work. I know that is so frustrating. Great mark making, guys. <laughs> Took a photo of it and actually put it on one of the child's daily apps and was like, today they re- they helped me fill out their transition form. <laughs> today, blah, blah, made Charlotte cry. Yeah, the parents actually found it really funny and they went this and I was like trying to make it into a bit of a joke. But yeah, it is. I think it's, hard, it's just so hard to concentrate and you want mm-hmm. to make your observations like good quality because the parents are going to read them. Don't want to make spelling mistakes or like put someone else's name by accident and get the pictures right. And you have to proper concentrate sometimes. So I used to find like while you're trying to do it and you've got children going, I've had an accident or I need the toilet or so-and-so's done this. It's so hard to like focus on what you're trying to do. But at the same time, you do want to be there for the children and sort out what's going on. At the start of this, when you sort of gave that little list of jobs of like some of the admin and paperwork things that we're doing every day, I was like, how have we ever got all that stuff done while you've got them all running around you? Because as well as an adult, you're not just managing your own group of children, you've got other adults to be contending with there, asking, oh, when was blah, blah, last fed? Who's done who's nappy? So actually, it's not the distractions aren't just from the children, they're from everyone because you have to work together as a team to keep the room running smoothly. And it is so much to keep in your head. And when you do something like reports or observation assessments, they're very reflective tasks. Like you do need to be sitting there and really thinking because thinking about a two-year progress track, this isn't just being seen by a parent either. This could be seen by the health visitor, could be used, could even be seen by reception teachers and like centre coordinators in the future. So these are really important things that we should be taking our time on and really concentrating on but you just don't get the opportunity I used to find it really difficult because I was the Senko as well and with stuff like that I had really important assessments to do and even Mm. sometimes when um like speech and language therapists would come I even struggled to get out of the room to talk to them got this important role and I can't even do it properly because nobody's there to you know cover me to get out and speak to the outside agencies that used to come to nursery so I think having time out is very important. I think as with maybe every other issue we talk about in every early years, it all comes down to a lack of money and a lack of staff. Because if you have the money, you can pay the staff to cover people. Have either of you worked in a setting or even known anybody that's worked in a setting where they get time out? We just used to do it on a ratio basis and like how many staff we had in. So or if like we dropped a child earlier, so like we were over ratio and stuff like that. So that's the only time we'd really have time out or we'd just dig it around the rooms like who's got the highest priority of stuff that they need to do and to be fair we did tend to get time out but that's just relying on children being off sick and on holiday as well and that's obviously not a way you want to run a nursery just relying on having to have children not in so your staff can do their their paperwork we didn't get given actual set time but yeah what about you Charlotte did you get any I had to push for it but because I just got on with it and did it it becomes like they expect it from you so mm-hmm. they'd be like oh well she's doing it anyway and she's not getting time out so why does she need the time out kind of thing so then it got to the point where I was like no I need to say no and I need to say I'm struggling because you've got with that thing like no I don't need help I can just do it but then yeah. in the end I actually did need to admit that I did need time out to do it so it was just that acknowledging that I needed to say something to management and actually keep pushing with it we the lady who used to do the rotor was really good if you went to her while she was doing the rotor you could say can you please try schedule me some time out during the week and she would try to get staff in to cover you so eventually I think when people started to voice how hard they were finding it that's when they started to kind of listen so I've never worked anywhere where they give you time out on purpose but I've seen a lot of nurseries from like social media and stuff where they might say 
that per key child you get sort of like 10 or 15 minutes out a week which when you think about planning specifically for that child or writing up their observation or the amount of time that would add up to that's quite useful and I also think a lot about teachers who get their PPA time and that's like no matter what they do they get 10% of their week away from the children to do things like their planning and their assessments and I know if you talk to a teacher they're going to be having a hard time too I think there should be a similar expectation in private settings as well which would be really useful because I think the quality of the work that we're doing with the children would only go up as a result we've got a comment here from social media which says ideally this wouldn't be needed if staff had a tool they could use so they could carry on working with the children so it's basically saying we should come up with a way where we can be with the children still without having to leave the room a lot of people were saying that a lot of people were saying that you going out of the room to do your assessment and planning and everything like that is taking you away from the children so there's that side of it as well I do get that, but I also think in the context of a week, hour or two, in comparison to 37.40, isn't that much and isn't a ridiculous expectation? Because any other alternative is if you're given the tools to do that in a room, like you mentioned with the tablet, you're still not actually working with the children because you're concentrating on that. You're just Mm. actually more stressed about it. I think it's what they try to do in the new EIFS as well, like reducing paperwork and stuff. And arguably, like for a lot of settings, maybe they have reduced it a lot. Because you're not having, well, I say it depends how you have your curriculum, but I can imagine a lot of settings have managed to reduce the paperwork by a fair amount, but you still do have assessments. Parents still want to know what's going on with the children. It's not like you're just going to drop observations and stuff like that. And even just daily admin tasks, like putting the nappies on, meals, the daily diaries, that's taking you away from the children as well. So I, you just, I think, yeah, it'd be ideal to have something that could make us do it but I just don't think there will ever be a solution because you'll always have to do these daily admin tasks and then the bigger admin tasks as well on Instagram we had a comment that was I would love this but I feel it will never happen staff issues ratios so we just soldier on like we do I feel like that last bit kind of like just hits home a bit with like how everyone just feels as a practitioner like we just soldier on like yeah we want all these ideal things and we'd love time out we'd love better pay we'd love better respect but we just soldier on because we love the job it's, it makes me sad because I just think we shouldn't have to soldier on through it because these are all like bare minimum requirements of what we're expected to do as part of our role. So you just think that that should be accommodated for within your working hours. But I know a lot of settings would want to give practitioners time out. I guess we've got settings hiring like bank staff and cover staff. Like they, they might use that in the way that not just for sickness and stuff like that and staff shortages. Like if you've got the staff available on bank staff, you should organize them to, to, to come in and cover so each practitioner at least has some time out I mean I know it costs more money but some there's little ways I feel like settings could probably get around it and probably do get around it but it would just be an ideal if every practitioner could say yeah I get half a day to go and do everything can you imagine half a day a week I'm being a bit ambitious there aren't I <laughs> think we can all say that in an ideal world where everything works beautifully time out would be a given because there's so much already on the practitioner workload but sometimes it's just not feasible given everything else we have to contend with like ratios and pay but if you have any ideas of what your setting does please feel free to share it with us on social media so we can share it with other practitioners so for this week's practitioner problems the question is how do I support children that bite or like get around it if they're having like issues with it I think this is quite a tricky one and me being a toddlering practitioner, I feel like I can probably relate to it a bit more than you guys. But I think the main thing I would say is try and understand why they're biting. Like there's so many reasons as to why it could be. Often it's just seen as like a behavioural thing. Like they're playing up and stuff. But as they're developing, they'll have sensory exploration where they want to bite. 
they'll be exploring autonomy, they'll be frustrated, they'll act in self-defense. So I think just the main thing I would say is observing the child during their play and when the biting occurs to try and come down with not the real cause of it, but just so you get a better idea of why they're doing it and then you can support them and put strategies in place from there it was usually frustration because you gotta remember a toddler has such a limited word count like if they have one at all so they can't always express how they're feeling and sometimes that's like with the build-up of emotion that's just how it comes out i worked in preschool so i didn't really see a lot of biting or have to deal with a lot of it the behavior in preschool is more like the hitting the smacking the kicking but i did witness other staff members having to deal with biting and what you two have just said is what what they used to do but you would get a lot of parents who really didn't like it and they would be like my child needs to be moved out of that room now or please can you move the child that's biting out of that room and then you have to explain that you know like Fliss said it's not always a behavioral problem it's not because they're trying to attack certain children it is some like you said the frustration they might not verbally be able to say what they're trying to get out like sensory exploring everything like so we had to try explain it to um, parents that you know it wasn't just these children behaving you know out of line I used to always feel really sorry for the parents whose child was the one biting like because I had like one parent who was like they're never like this at home like they've got a sibling they never do anything like this like the most loveliest child but then like we'd often have like biting reports and stuff like that so they Mm -hmm. were really like concerned about but I think the main thing was just working with them as well as to figuring out why like we figured that it was more of a communication thing for this child so got mum to like be modeling like language at home and stuff and like saying like oh no thank you and his was like when children were in his space they would they were like oh didn't like it didn't know how to say get like no thank you I'm playing here so they just mm-hmm. turn and bite straight away we got there eventually and they as the speech developed they, they were able to say no thank you and just move away and carry on playing with their own toys so I think working with the parents as well is a, is a really big thing it's really frustrating when you're a practitioner having to constantly say to the same parent, isn't it? Like, oh, okay, so we had another biting incident to get today, but it's like the fourth day in a row that you've said that because they get really stressed about it, like you said. So thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Nursery and Preschool chat room. As always, you can find us on any of our social media platforms. We're on Facebook, Facebook groups, Instagram, TikTok. If it exists, we're on it. But in the meantime, we'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.